Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins off today. He will be back tomorrow. Okay, let's get right to Georgia. Yeah. Not well, a big surprise how it ended up last night. For a little while there, it looked like Herschel Walker might pull this out. Yeah, but a lot of Republican voters just kind of stayed home. The Senate race in Georgia is over. Democrat Raphael Warnock has beaten Republican Herschel Walker, giving Democrats a 51-49 majority in the Senate. Um, and like you said, not all that unexpected. And I know that there are some people saying, well, this is this huge thing for Republicans. And to me, it's just a continuation of what we saw elsewhere uh, during the midterm elections. It was just Republicans in key races didn't perform very well. I mean, that was it. It was just very underwhelming. Um, and in this situation, I'm not taking the doom and gloom approach to any of it because I know that. People say, well, there are things that you can do with a 51 to 49 Senate. You don't have to rely on sort of the holdouts, the moderate Democrats like Kirsten Sinema and and Joe Manchin with a 51 49 Senate. But at the same time, Republicans have the House. So, you know, I, I, I've heard some people saying, well, they can eliminate the filibuster now, in theory, at least. Well, but I actually don't know why they would do that, because it wouldn't be advantageous. If if Republicans have the House, you think they're going to federalize elections out of the House? No. So I, I you know, and then as far as the appointment of, of judges in the, the federal judiciary, Democrats were already doing that with a split Senate because of the tie-breaking vote of Kamala Harris. So I, it's like, okay, committee assignments. Whoa. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you're thinking farther ahead Really, than a lot of people that are yeah. just like, that's another not only winnable race, but a race you should win. Oh, sure. That you didn't. And why and what's going to be done about it? That's that's the big question. Yeah. And then, of course, it's you know people trying to figure out, well, whose fault was this? Yeah. But did you say there was a take that Herschel Walker was an insult to black people? This is the weird thing. So liberal what pundits, is that? Liberal pundits are going all in on racism now, even though it's like you guys won. Why are you so mad about Herschel Walker? That <laughs> like you won, he conceded. He'll probably never enter politics again after this. So what? Yeah. What is the purpose? But the analysis in news media, apparently, it all comes down to Herschel Walker's race. And how he's not a good representative of black people. Oh, my goodness. He's an insult to the black community. Herschel Walker, you are an insult to the black voters. Black people feel insulted. Walker has been walked around right. by people like Lindsey Graham. Every time you saw him, uh, it looked like one of those uh, Eddie Murphy movies. You had two individuals <laughs> on his side. You had, you had two uh, white guys. That's what they think of ethnic voting. That is what well, the Republican oh, establishment absolutely. thinks of black people. Okay, so basically the rule is if you are black mm -hmm. and you think in conservative terms, yeah. you're an insult to black people. Yeah. That is racist. Well, uh, That's saying you 
can't think as an individual. Right. You have to think like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Holy and, smokes, man. And this is like whiplash to me a little bit because, I mean, when I was growing up, the whole thing was you don't, like, for example, the phrase, oh, this black guy's a credit to his race. That was obviously racist because one black person does not represent an entire race and an entire race does not rely on its justification for existence based on one guy either. It's no, you're supposed to see everybody on their individual merits. And if you don't like Herschel Walker, that's fine. But their argument is that the only reason Herschel Walker was picked by Trump as the guy that was going to be the nominee, and, and he was the guy that Trump was really pushing during the GOP primary earlier this year, um, the only reason he did it was because Herschel Walker was black. No, the only reason that he did it was because Herschel Walker was a longtime buddy of Donald Trump. Yeah, from what I understand, didn't you understand the same thing that Trump was on him to run? Yeah. Like, you got to run, Herschel. You got to run. Yeah. You got to do this. You'll win. Come on. You can do this. And so finally, Herschel Walker's like, okay. Yeah. I don't know if you heard any of his concession speech. Dude, it was classy. It really was. The way he thanked people and, you know, moving forward. Um, he gave praise to Christ. I don't know if Warnock did that. He's such <laughs> a Bible <laughs> respecting pastor. But, you know, to say he's an insult to black people, wow, man. It's amazing how racist that is, and no yeah. one points that out. Oh, no. And then you have, you know, when any when anybody loses at anything, you try to figure out, all right, how did you lose? Or in politics, all right, whose fault is this in the end? And so I happened to see they did a whole piece at Daily Wire talking about conservatives reacting uh, to what happened. And, you know, some people are blaming Trump. Some people are blaming Herschel Walker himself for even running. Um, some are blaming uh, the RNC and the leadership there. Some are blaming Mitch McConnell. It goes on. Ann Coulter, remember, she used to be a big Trumper, and then she was an yeah. anti-Trumper. Yeah, in Trump we uh, trust. E Pluribus Awesome was the book that she wrote. Yes. Uh, she tweeted out, I sure hope Trump has some more brilliant ideas for can't-miss Senate candidates. Omarosa, maybe? Carrot Top? <laughs> Ghislaine Maxwell? <laughs> Holy mackerel. Um, and, yeah, there, there were plenty of others to say it's not surprising if Herschel couldn't win with Kemp on the ballot, he wasn't winning in a runoff. Democrats gained one seat. Unpopular president of the White House. you got to win races like these. It goes on and on and on. So I'm sure that will be talked about uh, for a while. Meanwhile, the sitting president, Biden, is in Arizona, doesn't go to the border. Yeah. And actually said to Peter Ducey from Fox, more important things going on than the border. Right. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and Joe Biden has no plans to see his border crisis firsthand because he knows that doing so would shine a spotlight on the issue. And at the end of the day, he's got an army of reporters who really don't care that much about this issue at all. No, it's all by design. It's by plan. Yeah. Uh, Democrats are struggling, though, to come up with a coherent way of explaining this. And it's kind of weird to me because they really don't even have to explain it since very few people are ever going to hold them accountable for any of them. No. No, they won't. But uh, this is an interview and an incredible effort by Representative Debbie Dingell, who did go on Fox News and was asked about this. 
Oh, okay. I don't care if he visits the border or not. That doesn't. He doesn't need to visit the border to know we've got a problem. He's got people that report to him every day about what the problem is. And sometimes we fixate on these little issues. Do you think the president doesn't know we got a problem at the border and what the issues are? Wait, wait, that, I know he does. But, but not necessary to see it firsthand. That's a little issue? <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Especially after you said, well, there's bigger things going on right now. I, I, I think he knows it's got to be addressed. He's gotten the reports. He's seen the photos. So that's, I, I mean, I, at some point he may or may not go, but I think he knows what's got to get fixed. And you've seen him begin that process. Begin that process. Okay. Okay. All right. So he had to go to Kenosha back in the day. I mean, you, you could sure. make this list of all these places he's gone. He had to see it. But the border, hey, show him pictures. Yeah. Can you do a Zoom call? I mean, the closest this guy has actually been to the border was when he, well, did politicking on the corpses of children in Uvalde. Oh, that's right. That was it. Yeah. Man, you think about all the things that are going on in the country and everything that's going wrong right now that's just not paid attention to. And someone asked the question recently, what if the left got their way on every issue? Where would the country be? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think you're seeing a little bit of that in big cities where you have these woke DAs not keeping criminals in jail, letting them out. One of those towns is Philadelphia. And... Maybe you heard the story about this gas station owner in Philly that had had enough and has taken security into his own hands by hiring, you know, a security force himself. What else was he going to do? And you got some audio from this, David. Do you want to set this up? Yeah. So uh, a local news outlet went and uh, interviewed not only the security guards out there, but also the owner of this convenience store and customers Business is actually up at this convenience store now because people feel safe because there are menacing-looking dudes with rifles and shotguns and carbines and pistols and all that wearing the balaclavas. Yeah, I mean it's they mean business and they feel and customers feel safer there now because they know they're not going to get robbed while just filling up their gas tank or getting a cup of coffee. Because it's happened again and again and again. Yeah. Okay, roll it out there. What do you got there? Uh, this is an AR-15 shotgun. <laughs> Lately, we are completely tired from this all nuisance. Scaling, robbery, ATM missing, middle of the night, and nobody feels safe. And we are completely losing a lot of customers. It's out of control. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're losing the customers. Yeah. Calling police. They don't come. You can't do anything about it. You hire your own security team. It's out of control. What we have now going on in the city of Philadelphia is chaos. The criminals have the keys to the city. People want change. Yeah. People deserve it. And I'm telling you, the people are very grateful to the owner for doing this. I already feel like that's the very, very best thing they could ever do. You feel safer here with an armed security guard at the gas station? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't go. You can't pump gas. You can't run in the store to, to get a bag of chips. Your mom can't get off the bus stop and just go home at night without something happening. And be honest, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing, but I'd rather us be safe than sorry. Yeah. Somebody ought to tell 
couple of those people, they're a disgrace to black people, okay, because <laughs> they're furthering CNN. racism because yeah. by this gas station owner hiring his own security, that, yeah. in fact, was racist, we've been told. Yeah. It, it is really funny seeing a bunch of white liberals who hate guns seeing that and saying, this is sick. Oh, no, I don't like this at all. This is American <laughs> culture at its worst. The NRA, blah, right? They do all that stuff. And yeah. I'm just sitting here like, hey, all those security guys you're seeing are black. Why are you so intimidated by a black dude with a gun? It's a great question. I'm just, I'm just wondering. It seems a little bit racist to me <laughs> if you yes. look at a black guy with a gun and you immediately think, oh, no, that's dangerous. Well, if you want your gas station and convenience store to be safe, <laughs> racist. Right. <laughs> no, you deal with the criminals. That's what you're supposed to do, according to the left. Unbelievable, man. There's a whole lot to get to today. Oh, <laughs> The whole controversy at Twitter with the former FBI official. Um, yeah, he's gone now from Twitter. Elon Musk fired him. That whole story and the next drop straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robin's not here today. He'll be back tomorrow. Okay. This is kind of a wild story within Twitter with the Twitter files being released and everything else. Yeah, and this is a very interesting development here. So Elon Musk is having uh, internal communications released uh, dealing with Twitter's decision to censor the story about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's corruption ahead of the 2020 election. Now, what he learned and announced last night was that former FBI general counsel James Baker, who was a player in the Trump-Russia hoax, was actually working on the censorship campaign from within Twitter. He was a lawyer within the company. And so Matt Taibbi, this is the journalist who is getting this information and, and parsing it and, and, and releasing it uh, mm -hmm. to the public, uh, came out and said, well, now it can be said that, yeah, James Baker, this guy who's formerly with the FBI, was working for Twitter during the censorship campaign and also was the one in charge of going through the files, the raw data, before they wound up on Matt Taibbi's desk. <laughs> so he <laughs> It is unreal. So you wonder why there wasn't a lot of information or actually any information about the FBI directly working with Twitter, even though we also had further reports that said they had weekly meetings, uh, the FBI and Twitter did. Mm -hmm. um, well, now we know why, because, well, the FBI was, was, or at least an official who used to work for the FBI, was involved in the release of these files. So Elon Musk uh, announced last night that Baker had been fired, uh, again, not just for his involvement in the initial scandal, but because he was also allowed to filter the information that's being released now. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, the reaction on Twitter. Eric Weinstein. I can't believe what I'm going to read, so I'm going to go slow. The FBI's former attorney was hired by previous Twitter management and was the one vetting the files to be given to Barry Weiss and Matt Taibbi yeah. that might reveal FBI collusion. And new owner Elon Musk wasn't told any of this. Right. And Musk tweets in, only discovered this on Sunday. Yeah. Which for some people, they didn't believe it. Yeah, it's very possible. Mm -hmm. 
And then all of a sudden, what was the term he used? He's exited? Yeah, he's or... been exited, yeah. I, I thought it was kind of funny seeing the framing from Fox News. I hadn't really caught up on this part of the story just yet mm-hmm. uh, this morning. And the headline on their front page was just, The Terminator. Elon Musk delivers ultimate punishment to lawyer implicated in Twitter files. I'm like, ultimate punishment? Elon Musk didn't kill the guy, Fox. Come on, calm down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, more stuff's coming out. It's going to be another drop. That will be, well, at least interesting. By the way, Matt Taibbi tweeted out um, yesterday, no words, just the looking eyes. Yeah. And a lot of people thought that was unprofessional, saying, Matt Taibbi, you used to be a credible journalist, and now we're using emojis. <laughs> My golly, man, what? these people take themselves very seriously. Yes. The same people that think that everybody who disagrees with them or Democrats in general are Nazis? Correct. Okay. They're worried about somebody using emojis on Twitter. It's very reasonable. Yes. All right. Yes. Um, I see this headline, and I kind of roll my eyes. Scientists finally figured out why we get sick more in winter. Okay. And when I actually read the story, like, oh, you know what? I hadn't thought of it this way. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, David. So your nose is a main entry point for viruses. Yeah. yeah. Turns out cold air affects how well the immune cells in there can fight them off. So when a virus gets in your nose, billions of immune cells start scrambling and attacking it. But the study found it happens less and less the colder it gets. Mm. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. I didn't either. So researchers exposed people to 40-degree air for 15 minutes and found that dropping the temperature inside their nose by just 9 degrees killed almost half of those virus-fighting immune cells. Huh. Like, okay, so that means when cold air gets in, your immunity drops. So viruses have an easier time replicating, and you're more likely to get sick. So at that point of reading, I'm like, okay, I, th- I think I've learned something here. A researcher behind the study says it's another reason wearing a mask this winter. Oh, come <laughs> Might be on. a good idea. And I'm like, hold on a second. And I think this through. I'm like, are you talking about one of those cloth masks? That's not exactly keeping your nose warm if you're talking about a scarf over your mask or the old ski mask like when i was a kid (laughs) yeah that that's a little bit different i said not only do masks protect you from inhaling viruses but it's also like wearing a sweater on your nose well so it's a scarf and and so i my takeaway is there might be something to it but you've betrayed the trust i don't even know what to believe anymore (laughs) right golly okay (laughs) oh Story of a Navy SEAL that you have to hear. Next. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial David Van Camp, and the Sexy Boomer. Well, he's just going through a little spa day to stay sexy. He'll mm-hmm. be back tomorrow. He's gone today. Yeah. Okay, I lied. It's not a spa day. He'd be mad if I said that. But he'll be back tomorrow. Okay. Um, I mentioned a story about a Navy SEAL. I don't know if you saw this, but retired Navy SEAL Chris Beck is saying now that CNN used him to promote transgenderism during a 2013 interview with host Anderson Cooper. 
Yeah. You remember this? I do remember that. Yeah, because it was this was really when this was around the time when this really started to take off and break into mainstream culture. The idea mm-hmm. of transgenderism and how you shouldn't question it and all this and um, and yeah, they put this this dude on who was clearly you know confused and was going through mental anguish, and they said, "See this Navy SEAL? This was fine for him." So you're saying he was confused? That's transphobic, David. He, he's saying he was confused. Well, he's saying it now, but he's transphobic. Well, but he was trans, and he detransitioned because he realized that he'd been lied to about his mental condition. He's a disgrace to trans people, David. <laughs> that's that's right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to think of the left's line of reasoning there. Well, no, I I, I read something about this where uh, part of the reason uh, that he's speaking out now is because he feels like he helped to create this monster yes. that is trans activism now. And uh, like with him, he had, what, one conversation with someone at the VA? And they were like, all right, yeah, here you go. Here's some hormone therapy for you. It's crazy. It is crazy. So he said, everything you see on CNN with my face, do not believe a word of it. I take full responsibility. I went on CNN and everything else, and that's why I'm here right now. I'm trying to correct that. He's 56 now. Conceded that his own mistakes and just being naive led to his personal struggle being used to help these so-called experts further a narrative. This quote, I think that, yeah, I was used. I was very naive. I was in a really bad way, and I got taken advantage of. Um... I got used badly by a lot of people who had knowledge way beyond me. They knew what they were doing. I didn't. But I take responsibility for that, and that's why I'm here now. So you think that could happen to a retired Navy SEAL, Mm. but it couldn't happen to a 12-year-old? Yeah. That's what the experts would say? Yeah. Are you joking? That's sick. I don't understand how anybody could think that's somehow a loving thing for a kid that's confused. No. no. And you think about how any other type of dysphoria is treated. But this is different. Yeah. I think you know, billions of dollars can be made off of it, and it's a whole movement for some people to feel better about themselves. Well, and I, I also it's think... disgusting. I also think part of it is th- this is where the medical industry has been going for a while, is that you can just treat any ailment with a pill or some sort of therapy or whatever... I mean, if you want, I to me, I think you can pretty easily draw a straight line between the normalization of ADHD medications for young kids mm-hmm. to what is going on now with the hormone therapy for minors. Is that we have seeded it into the culture that there is a pill for everything, and to me, and I'm not, I'm not absolutely not making the argument that there aren't people out there who need ADHD medication. I'm staring at one of them right now, Jamie. You've got a mental condition. Scott's not here. Scott's not here today. <laughs> or And I'm, I'm certainly yeah, not saying that, it, it, that antidepressants are all one big hoax. I mean, I, I think, but there, there is this entire industry that thinks, well, if you're a little bit sad, you're going through a rough patch, here you go, take these antidepressants or whatever, and you'll be fine. And that's really not the case. That's not medicine. That's not really how it's supposed to work. You're supposed to try to, you know, figure out what lifestyle changes I could be making. What is my peer group or how is my peer group affecting my decisions and my mental Mm -hmm. health? 
things like that. And then if you need medication, go that route. But for a long time, almost my entire life now, you know, you have eight-year-olds who are being put on antidepressants and ADHD medication for acting eight. That's true. And to be fair, as one diagnosed ADHD and has taken medication for quite a while, I'm not convinced it's the right thing to do, to be honest. I'm really not. And I know that you and Scott both would say, I don't know if you should get off of that or not. I'm not quite sure. Um, but you question it, especially, and not everyone is in this boat, but there have been plenty of people having as, as adults that, you know, were having a pretty successful career, managing life pretty well. Um, and then we're told by people around them, you probably should get tested for that, mm -hmm. that ADD thing, because you got it. You know, and yeah, I mean, if you look at the checkpoint, sure, it checks out. But I mean, you have people with different personalities all the time. I know plenty of people that are ADHD that take nothing that that would be diagnosed that way, but take nothing for it and still continue to lead successful lives. So, yeah, I go back and forth of, OK, is it helpful or did they make me a drug addict um, to make money off of me? Yeah, that's you know, I'm still not quite sure on that one yet. Okay, something we do uh, this day and every time um, is this little segment. Even without Scott, we got to do this because we're looking at stories all the time, and just those types of stories might not be the biggest story of the day, but it caught your eye for whatever reason. Now you find it interesting. What's your story today? Oh, uh, today. My story is, uh, well, it has to do with Kroger, the major grocery store chain. They're looking at buying out another grocery store chain called Albertsons. And this would put them as sec the second largest grocery store chain in America okay. behind Walmart. Uh, lawmakers are talking about stopping this because of antitrust issues, because you're crowding out any other competition and... Uh, the CEO, though, is now begging Republicans to stop Democrats from regulating the industry. The same CEO whose company fired workers for not wearing gay pride aprons. That was actually just a settlement that was made a couple months ago, I think. Uh, the company also pulled rifle-centered magazines from the shelves because of liberal pressure. They're big into this ESG social credit score system. Uh -huh which if you're not familiar with it, the, the short version is it gives a financial incentive for companies to do things that their customers hate. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. Now, Senator Tom Cotton railed against the CEO of Kroger during a hearing on the merger, and this is pretty good stuff. Hmm. This situation reminds me a little bit of the situation big tech companies have found themselves in in recent years. They've come to Washington because they fear regulation from our Democratic friends or action by the Biden administration, and they expect Republicans who are traditionally more supportive of free enterprise to come to their defense. And I've cautioned them for years that if they silence uh, conservatives and center-right uh, voters across the country, if they discriminate against them in their company, they probably shouldn't come and ask Republican senators to carry the water for them mm -hmm. whenever our Democratic friends want to regulate them or block their mergers. So I, I've heard a lot, a lot of questioning about that today, and I've read a lot about it in the news, um, and I'll say this. I'm sorry that's happening to you. Best of luck. Yep. I'm on board with that. I know for some that may qualify as what I call a stupid little speech, but I'm I'm okay with that as long as the action is backed up. That, you know what, hey, 
and this is really following Ron DeSantis' lead in Florida. It's like, hey, look, if you're going to actively work against the people that not only are our constituents, but are also your customers, then we're not going to give you any favors. Are you kidding me? Right. Good for him, man. Tom Cotton said a lot of smart things in the last few years. You get the feeling, and I, man, it's hard to put faith in anybody in yeah. politics. Um, but it seems like he's trying to go about a lot of things the right way. Yeah, I like that. Um, for my story, I saw this at Hot Air, and the headline was, German study, COVID-19 vaccine killing otherwise healthy people. Well, huh, is that true? So as you get into the piece, it says first things first. There's no way to know for sure how common this is due to poor screening and reporting, but German researchers have decisively demonstrated through autopsy that the COVID-19 vaccine-induced myocarditis was the cause of death in five patients they autopsied after sudden deaths experienced shortly after COVID-19 vaccination. Study was published in the peer-reviewed journal Clinical Research in Cardiology. The doctor sharing the study is a John Hopkins professor and graduate of the Harvard School of Public Health, so not a nobody in the public health world. And yes, that's Marty McCary. Um, it says this is a German study from a reputable group. It's very hard to conduct this type of research in the United States. Germany also did the study showing that no healthy child 5 to 17 years of age died of COVID in that country. They also recommend against the Moderna vaccine in people under 30. Not so with the CDC. And so anytime I see something like that, um, it's interesting to me. Yeah. Because it's so hard to know what's true and what's not. And anytime there's another study, like, okay, it, I don't doubt this. I don't know why they would put that out if it weren't true. What do they have to gain by it? And there is probably something I'm not thinking of, but it's something to keep in mind. It does say the study itself is very convincing as it's based not upon a statistical analysis of deaths based you know, upon ICD codes or anything like that. It's based entirely on autopsy conducted by researchers themselves on a single hospital on patients who had experienced sudden deaths following shortly after getting the vaccine. Okay, so I see that. And did you happen to look up, I saw something on Twitter. Don't know if it's true or yet. Did Rod Stewart's 11-year-old son have to be taken to the hospital because they were afraid he was having a heart attack? Yeah, he collapsed at a, foot, at a football game. This is, this is what British media does to your brain at a <laughs> soccer game. Yes, yeah, so that yeah. is true. Wow. And again, we don't know anything other than that. Yeah, he, they. So what? What uh, Rod Stewart was quoted as saying: "We thought my boy had a heart attack, but uh, they did not say. Um, uh, they didn't say that he actually had a heart attack. He collapsed. Something happened. Happened to him, and didn't say when it happened either. Okay, just happened to see that right when I'm about to do that story. So not saying that had anything to do with the vaccine." It's odd that that happens, though, at 11 years old. Yeah. And obviously, hope that he's okay. So that's our stories today. Um, on a lighter note, there's another study out there that found swear words in all languages have one thing in common. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, 
apparently no matter what language you're cussing in, the choice words you're using don't include these four letters. L, R, Y, and W. The researchers had people list the most offensive words they knew in their native language, and very few of them had those letters. And it goes on to say, if you look at George Carlin's famous seven words you can't say on TV, there's only one of those letters in any of them, and it's an R. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I think I I know which word that might be. (laughs) Yes. Like with a Tootsie Pop. Yes. No. Yes. But you put the other word in front of it, it's... You know, mm-hmm. like if you're just talking about the candy, a sucker, that's no big deal. You yeah. put a word in front of that, that's yeah. that, then it can be really, really bad. People could lose their jobs mm-hmm. in this industry. So they, there's something they think about the sounds of those letters um, or, or the lack of them that makes it, you know, I don't know, more satisfying when you say them? Yeah, I think it, it, the the magic of swear words is that they're, they're usually... It, it, how I would describe it as an English speaker is like a Germanic sound. You know, there, there's got to be the hard consonants in there because then you're really able to emphasize it. Because if you're not able to emphasize it, then, well, it, it's just too casual. It's not as satisfying to actually say it. Yeah, the only pushback I have on that, they said, for example, um, if you use words in place of swear words, um, they have these letters a lot. Mm-hmm. And they use the example frick or darn. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you take another version of frick, it could be freak. Yeah. Freaking can be, in my opinion, just as satisfy just as satisfying as the other one. Yeah. Because you still have the the strong letter of K and yeah. the C K. Yeah, but the the E sound sort of takes the spin off of it a little bit. Okay, so if you put the R and then you, man, there's no way to do that. Yeah. Unless you want to lose your job. All right, <laughs> end of segment. I'll just leave it at that. I, I, for one, think that Melon Farmer is a very satisfying <laughs> replacement. Okay. <laughs> I've heard you say that before. I've never used it. I got to try it out sometime. Freaking Melon Farmer, man. <laughs> All right. A California teacher refuses to teach grammar, says it's part of white supremacy. You ought to hear this lady next. Yep. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins is out today. He will be back tomorrow. Um, teaching English, it's white supremacy, really. really? Uh, yeah, California teacher is refusing now to teach uh, English. I-, I can let her explain it, I guess. That'd probably be the okay. best. I don't want to try to do it for her. As an educator, I am constantly worried if I am part of the problem. What do I mean by that? Well, public education is an institution that upholds lots of problematic systems in our society, like white supremacy and misogyny and colonization, etc. In my role as an educator, I try to undermine that BS classroom as much as I possibly can. I teach high school English and whoo, the white supremacy runs deep. What do I mean by that? Well, let's look at how we write essays. Start with an introduction that includes a thesis. Always cite your sources. Use transition words like however and therefore. These are all made up rules. They're arbitrary. They were created by Westerners in power. 
In Linguistic Justice, April Baker Bell calls this the language of respectability or the language of power. Which got me thinking, what if I started my school year with a unit honoring how we talk rather than teaching students how to write properly? So this is the start of my series on teaching linguistics in high school. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if I'm part of the problem. I'm going to stop you right there, honey. Yeah, you are, actually, but not for the reason you think. Correct. Even if you buy into this crap of this is the language of power, why wouldn't want why wouldn't you want your students to know the language of power? I'm just saying I don't buy your premise, but even it's a great point, dude. Even if you believe that, it seems like you're teaching your kids to be weak. You are. We're raging. We're angry about everything, and we want to change everything, and we hate this country. <laughs> Get your kid out of public school. <laughs> This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so Georgia, Herschel Walker loses. Raphael Warnock wins. Mm -hmm. A lot of conservatives are reacting to that today, placing blame in different areas. I suppose that's just the way it goes. Yeah. It's to be expected. You know, in the end, you got to figure out how to win. Oh, sure. Meanwhile, and we shouldn't be surprised by this either. You know what Raphael Warnock is saying today? What's that? Just because I won doesn't mean there's not voter suppression. Of course. Of course. Okay. <laughs> Stop. Stop with this nonsense. They can't. Right. They well, can't. I mean, how, right. I mean, how do you actually back off of that lie? How do you actually, how do you back off of it now that you've doubled down and tripled down and quadrupled down and... You know, you, you're, you're talking about how Georgia is living under Jim Crow 2.0, where magically a record number of black people vote. It's it, <laughs> it's crazy. Making it impossible yeah. for people of color to vote. I know. Well. They can't have water. <laughs> They're dehydrated. Climbing under fences, over the top of barbed wire fences right. to vote. They're getting shot at by QAnon soldiers, man. It's crazy. <laughs> Man, I you take a step back, and I know Scott's not here to defend Major League Baseball. He wouldn't either. They moved the All Star Game. Yeah, they cost the state millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Local black owned businesses. Yep, tens of thousands of dollars, sometimes hundreds. All because they were trying to push this narrative that the voter laws were racist. Mm -hmm. So I guess once it's proven that it's not racist, that you just keep saying that it is. But right. in spite of all that, people still—I mean—they overcame it. Yeah, it's unbelievable it's how that happens. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, the blame game going around with Herschel Walker's loss—I think a lot of the elements that were in play a month ago are still in play. I mean, there's a lot of dynamics. 
uh, in politics right now, especially with the Republican Party on the national level? I mean, what what you know, what is the message that Herschel Walker had? Why didn't it resonate? Was it his personality? Was it the concerted effort to talk about how he uh, paid for abortions, which suddenly is a bad thing, according to Democrats? <laughs> it's weird to me. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seems like when you're the party of no restrictions on abortion, you should actually be saying, hey, Herschel Walker, that's our guy. Um, was it Trump? I think all of those elements are there. But I just want to say this is anecdotal. But I got a longtime friend of mine who lives in Georgia, just moved back. He's from Georgia. OK. And his family, hardcore Republicans, never voted for Democrats. OK. In this particular runoff election, they didn't show up to vote. They That's what happened a couple of years ago. They didn't go to vote because they're, one, tired of it all. And then oh, the other part is, where was the excitement? And I know that some people don't want to hear this right now. The 51-49 Senate, you know, 51 Democrats, 49 Republicans, yes. is not as big of a disaster as I think some people want it to be. It's embarrassing for Republicans. Don't misunderstand me. Republicans screwed up in the midterm elections by either not running the right candidates, not supporting the right candidates, and there's a lot of blame to go around. But at the end of the day, saying we need a 50-50 Senate because of committee assignments in the Senate is not something that motivates a lot of people to go. So and you're so, thinking if this would have been the actual decider, right. that people would have went out and voted. Like if, if Democrats had held on to the House and it were you know, up to a 50-50 Senate, I think you could make the argument a little bit better. But again, the the anecdotal story that I've heard is more like, okay, well, Republicans held on to the House. Who really cares? 51-49, I don't really care. I'm I'm just going to stay home. I don't, I'm tired of it all. I suppose. Yeah. And there is some early data to suggest that places where uh, Herschel Walker really underperformed was because a lot of Republican voters just stayed home. That's disappointing, though, man. It really is. You know, it's not that I don't think that's a real thing, but for everybody else in the country, it it's just yeah. disappointing. But in the end, you know, I know there's going to be a lot talked about just the way to win elections and ground game and all those things that, frankly, I think you have a better grasp on than I do because you've been around elections before. I think you've volunteered on some elections, yeah. you know, in your past. I just hear about ground game and that's important and all these yeah. different things. And, and it's not so much about getting the right candidate. That's important. But you also have to translate it into votes. Yeah. And from as far as I can tell, the Republicans are not near as good at that as the Democrats are. I think the interesting dynamic, though, is that if you look at the state of Georgia in state level races, Republicans cleaned up. Yes. Uh, and that's a story that we've seen in a lot of different states where Republicans at the state level, and it's because of that ground game thing and also because of a message. If you have something like Brian Kemp, a guy like Brian Kemp running the show, who mm -hmm. is not afraid to talk about pro-life values, not afraid to sign bills that some deem controversial, not yep. afraid to push for the reopening of schools during the pandemic, despite the fact that liberal media was saying he was engaged in human sacrifice. They if actually said that. Yeah. When you've got... Republican leaders who can convey not only what the problems are, but what the solutions will be. And you don't have the stink of the national party, whether that's Trump or Mitch McConnell on you. Republicans win. 
The question is, how do you translate that into federal elections? That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, you take a step back, and I know a lot of people said, well, Herschel Walker just wasn't a good candidate. John Fetterman won in Pennsylvania. <laughs> right. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay, moving on to other things. Um, a Democratic congressperson said that we don't need to know how Ukraine is spending our money. Is yeah. that for real? Yeah, this is wild. Apparently, we're not allowed to wonder where all that money we're giving Ukraine is going. Uh, here's the setup. Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene wanted to have an audit of what we've sent and how it's being used, where it's going, etc. The resolution failed. And I just want to play for you what uh, Democrat Jerry Connolly had to say as the justification for why we we should not audit the money or the supplies that we've sent and keep track of what we have given Ukraine uh, more carefully. Okay. At this moment. Yeah. That risks serious undermining. What? Serious uh, erosion what? in confidence on the battlefield in Ukraine. There'll be plenty of time to look at accountability and transparency. We should. All right, now we're in the middle of a war, and they need our support. We're giving them the support. Yeah. What's happening to all the money that we're sending there? Right. We can't ask? It would undermine? Yeah, why would it undermine? I'm guessing if I'm fighting in the war, hey, you have an option, okay? You can get all this equipment, the best that's ever been made, okay? But if you do that, you're going to be asked on how it's used. Or you can get none of it. What do you prefer? Yeah. Well, I would say as far as my morale goes, I want the equipment. Yeah. <laughs> Jack? They need our friendship. They need to know they can count on us. This is about reaffirming our support to the Ukrainian people. Oh, And their please. struggle against authoritarianism. Their struggle for the simple right to determine their own destiny. And they're sacrificing their lives for it. Okay, here we go. How much does the military-industrial complex... Uh, put in your pocket. Just yeah. curious. The least they can expect from us is that we will help them in that effort. So I'm all for transparency and accountability. Sure you are. But not in this resolution. Uh-huh. Not now. Not with this message. Yeah. So tired of these people. So we shouldn't, we shouldn't ask for any accountability because otherwise you're pro-Putin undermining the war. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so by the way, uh, I don't know, are we going to extend that offer to, I don't know, other countries that we've pledged to support? I don't know. I'm asking for a few thousand Afghans who are, you know, under the gun by the Taliban because we left them high and dry. Well, we know where some of that equipment went to, and it, that equipment is being used to fight against Ukraine. <laughs> Because those weapons went to Russia, some of them. That's been reported. Not from our media, but from other media that pays attention. It's insane, man, what goes on. And you know who keeps benefiting? All the companies that make all that equipment. Well, you know, they got to find enough. See, I, I, I did not see the, uh, the invasion of Ukraine coming, uh, I guess it was a little, well, August of last year. Because remember, we made a bet, and I thought oh, we, yeah, would be, dude. we would be back in Afghanistan yes. by about February, I think it was, of this year. Because yes. I thought, okay, look, man, the military contractors, you know, Boeing, yes. Raytheon, et cetera, 
they are not going to want to give up a cash cow. And I thought they would be going back to Afghanistan. Well, yes. little did I know, here comes Vladimir Putin kicking in the door and giving us an excuse to buy a whole lot of fancy new weapons. Yes. Without so actually putting right. American lives on the line. You were right in your thought that the cash cow was going to keep making cash. Right. It was just where the equipment was going to go. Right. And because of that, I won a $5 bet. Yes, you did. <laughs> Hilarious, man. Oh, Time Magazine, they got their entertainer, athlete, and icon of the year. Mm -hmm. um, entertainer is the all-female K-pop group Blackpink. Okay, this is the point where, yeah, I'm old. I've never heard of Blackpink. I, I have. I, I'm not a, a, a K-pop fan, but I just I love that band name. K-pop, it's one of those weird things where these K-pop bands are outpacing the celebrity of the Beatles around the world. I mean, like they, they are huge around the world. Wow. And e even in America, I mean, younger people love this music, and yet a lot of anybody over 30 doesn't know who these people are, no concept of them. The most subscribed artist on YouTube with 83.1 million <laughs> subscribers. Their band Holy. names are awesome, too, man. You've got, like, Super Junior, Blackpink. Uh, what was the other? There's, there's no, oh, Big Bang. Is another one. They've got great oh. band names. I just don't like the music. Yeah. Whenever I hear it, I'm like, okay, whatever. It's fine. I don't understand why it's so huge. The athlete of the year from Time Magazine is Aaron Judge. Yeah, that makes sense. The 62 home runs. And then booed by his own fans in the yeah. playoffs. Well, that's because Yankees fans are garbage. It, yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to argue that. I know when they win, right. all the players will say they're the greatest fans. Yeah. When they lose, they, they usually don't say that. And then the icon, Michelle Yao, is it Yao? Started acting in Hong Kong films in the 80s, was in the 97 Bond movie, Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, she became well-known after starring in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you have it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Going. Officially out of gas. Two of the three don't even know who they are. Well, and I feel like my life's better for it. I think Zelensky is the person of the year, officially. Oh, oh when that comes out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we were going to bet on that. No one would take the bet because everybody thinks that's who it's going to be. Yeah, um, and, and he actually is the 2022 person oh, of the year. Oh, that's already been announced. Okay. Oh, did you get the update on Loudoun County? The superintendent has been fired for covering up the rape. Get the latest on that and much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today. He'll be back tomorrow. The latest on Loudoun County, David. Yeah, Loudoun Wild County. Story. Virginia, where the school board there covered up the rape of actually now two uh, girls in their school system because they didn't want to offend the trans activist crowd or something. I mean, it, th this is really stunning. We talked about the grand jury report that came out because they were weighing whether or not any criminal charges would be filed. They decided not to. Um, but the superintendent has now been fired. Scott Ziegler has been fired. Um, and the story, as the story goes, again, a biological boy wearing a skirt raped a girl in the girl's bathroom. 
the school called the cops on the dad who showed up and then said it was related to the proposed trans bathroom policy that the district was trying to get passed, that the school board was trying to get passed. So they said, oh, well, this was just somebody who was losing their minds because a trans kid was in the bathroom with his daughter. Well, no, that's not that's not true. He was mad because his daughter had been raped. Um, well, it was not just that part of the story, but a teacher's aide walks in. Yeah. And it's happening mm-hmm. and doesn't say anything. No. And there had earlier been another teacher's aide who had warned about this student saying, I don't like the way he's acting around these other girls. I don't like that he's uh, going into the girl's bathroom. And the district considered disciplining her for being transphobic. <laughs> no, it's it's, it, it's upside down world. Man. It, it really is. And, and it is just a real shame that there are not going to be any criminal charges against anybody who is involved in this cover up. And the, the grand Should jury... Be. The grand jury said, well, look, under under the law, under what was proposed to us, unfortunately, it didn't nothing really met anything that would qualify as a crime under under state statute. So we didn't really have any way to to they wanted to. I mean, that's the thing that they telegraphed. They they wanted to charge someone with a crime, but they couldn't find a crime that actually fit what had occurred, which is a damn shame because they covered up a freaking rape. It's disgusting, man. And you think about it this way, too. So if the dad doesn't make the stink that he made, right? Because remember, he was like public enemy number one for a while. He's being shown on legacy media as this guy that got out of control. Yeah. That really spurred on the FBI then looking at parents that were going to school board meetings to protest things that were being taught in the schools because they wanted total control over it. If not for that dad, would we have known any of this? No. <laughs> I mean, that, it, it's crazy, that just crazy for all the talk about like the Me Too movement and protecting women and believing women. You have an instance where a two young women actually were were victimized by the same guy, but because he was wearing a skirt, yes. was supposed to look the other way. That's right. Man, that's so sad. What an indictment on, on, on society. You know, the one thing that does make me feel a little bit better after a story like this. Tell him that God's gonna <laughs> cut him down. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Thank you, John. By the way, I saw the Johnny Cash uh, documentary, which is, what's it called? Redemption of, a, of an American Icon. Yeah. With Johnny Cash. And it talks about his life story and also um, his faith. Because, man, in 1967, and, of course, it tells it in the story how close to death he was. Yeah. And in his shaky voice, I was so far from God. But it's it's really a great movie. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David, is? Oh, man, there are quite a few. I mean, the biggest story in the political world is the Georgia runoff and Herschel Walker, the Republican, defeated by Senator Raphael Warnock, the guy who ran over his wife, <laughs> didn't pay child support. But, you know, whatever, you know, the, the, them's the breaks. That's So we'll get the 51-49 Senate, 51 Democrats, 49 Republicans, and uh, at least Republicans uh, have held on to the House. So, you know, I guess there's that. That guy and John Fetterman can be elected to the Senate in this country. <laughs> yep. Wow. 
Um, you know, California, <laughs> they got a law that's stripping licenses from doctors that spread COVID misinformation. What does that mean? <laughs> Straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins, is off today. He'll be back tomorrow. I just happened to see this story, David, at Daily Wire, and just prepare to get angry. Border Patrol agent killed during high-speed chase with illegal immigrants. Yep. Border Patrol agent killed in Texas uh, early this morning. His ATV crashed during a high-speed pursuit of a group of, group of illegal immigrants. U.S. Border Patrol has not yet confirmed the agent's identity, but noted he was a father of two children. Golly, man. Border Patrol agent assigned to the McAllen Station, patrolling the international boundary on an all-terrain vehicle, was tracking a group of subjects that illegally crossed the border when he was involved in a crash near Mission, Texas. He was found unresponsive by fellow agents who immediately initiated life-saving efforts and requested EMS. The agent was taken to an area hospital by ambulance where he later passed away. And obviously we don't know who this agent was yet. And so you can't pretend, you know, to somehow say, wow, this really affects me because I knew the person. Yet I'm guessing if you're listening to this right now and just hearing this, you feel that sense of anger. Yeah. Because it didn't have to happen. And these things have happened before. And a lot of people trying to cross also die. And it's ignored by our limp media, who are all cowards. And don't want to talk about what's really going on. And no one wants to do anything about the problem because the left wants this to happen. They don't care. This is a few lives are going to be lost. But if they can change the population to what they think will be in their favor in the United States, then that's the plan. It, it is infuriating. And, and, and at the same time, at every turn, you have not only media, but the people who are supposed to be the bosses of Border Patrol, which is that's a dangerous job. There are obvious risks associated with being in any law enforcement uh, position. Mm-hmm. Um, and tragedies do happen, but when you have the people who are supposed to be making decisions in the interest of our country and also in the interest of the people who are serving to protect our country, and at every turn you undermine their mission, Mm -hmm. at every turn you're willing to tar and feather these people as Nazis and as fascists and Oh, they were whipping people at the border. In my estimation, we should be putting whips in these guys' hands. We got to yes. do something to stop this. Absolutely, they don't want to do it, and, and they and they won't do it. And it, it is it, it is so infuriating. And then you have the president yesterday saying, "Well, I'm not going to the border because there are bigger issues. There are bigger things." Well, there are a whole lot of people who live in border communities. 
for whom this is actually the issue. This is their biggest issue. Um, yeah, Peter Ducey asked Biden, why go to a border state and not visit the border? For crying out loud. Because the more important thing going on, they're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise. Yeah. You got time to hang out with you two at the Kennedy Center, mm-hmm. but no time to actually go and see what mess you've created. And we got, and you know, sadly, this Border Patrol official is not the first to die this year and won't, and may not be the last, and certainly in the next few months. I mean, it's just, it is such a tragedy that is so avoidable. But you mentioned the, the, you know, limp media that won't cover it. I mean, look, if 50 some odd people cooking to death in a tractor trailer outside of San Antonio doesn't refocus on this issue, I don't know what will. No, they won't. And it's all by design. It's the same way and totally switching gears here. (laughs) What is going on at Twitter right now is not being covered by legacy media. Oh, no. The failing New York Times has barely touched on the Twitter files yeah. and what we're learning of what Twitter did right before the 2020 election and how the FBI was meeting with social media outlets to suppress stories that would have changed the outcome of the election. That's interfering with an election. Oh, sure That's it is. illegal. Yeah. And you're out there as legacy media talking about, you know, the rights of Americans and, you know, freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. And we've got to protect these things and protect the marginalized. You don't cover that story? No. Because they're not Unbelievable. Months and months. Well, this is a threat to democracy. That is a threat to democracy. Yeah. You won't cover it. Mm-hmm. And it's because they got their marching orders. Because people are trying to take over the country in so many different ways and weaken the country. Oh, my goodness, man. It's crazy. And then in California, I had mentioned this. Did you see this law that is stripping the licenses from doctors that spread COVID, quote, misinformation? Okay. So if you hadn't heard about this... um, so it says, new California law gives the state unprecedented control over what doctors can say to their patients about COVID-19. Um, there was an emergency physician saying, we've got to stop the disinformation pipeline. Well, what does that mean? Okay. I always butcher this dude's last name. He's from Stanford, the economist and medical school professor, Jay Bhattacharya. Charya? Mm-hmm. Leading critic of the uh, law said it puts the CDC in the same room with the doctor and the patient, violating a basic trust. So basically, you will have doctors have to tow the state line of what they can say and what they can't say about yeah. COVID. And if you get out of bounds with that, you lose your license. Yeah. No, that that's unacceptable. Wow. So you don't tow the line, you could have your medical license revoked and your career terminated. Well, I mean, where do you draw that line? I mean, that, that's that's my question, because if you're looking at the CDC, they've been wrong in pushing disinformation about a whole lot of things. I mean, one of the biggest things was about masking in schools, yes. where they actually highlighted two different studies that did not say what they claimed they said. 
or were outright false and flawed. Correct. The one that sticks out in my mind was from Arizona, where they counted yes. COVID cases <laughs> during a month where kids weren't in school. That, it's unreal, <laughs> but that is true. That is exactly what happened. And it was a former liberal journalist yeah. that discovered that. Yeah. But did you ever see that in legacy media? Oh, no, hell no. No. Democracy dies in darkness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me a freaking break. Unbelievable. Okay. So all that's going on. Um, oh, my goodness. You, on a lighter note, well, it's lighter to us. It's not lighter to this person. Um, guy's a sword swallower. Hospitalized. Did you hear this story? I did hear that story, yeah. 59-year-old dude from San Diego, Scott mm-hmm. Nelson. Uh, performing at a Six Flags in Maryland. This was back in October. Said that night he was hospitalized. Well, I'll I'll let him describe exactly what happened. I know it's not a huge surprise when a sword swallower might have some sort of injury, but the way this happened... I swallowed five swords at once, but what had happened is I let go of the bunch too soon, and they scissored out inside of me, which means some of the blades... Went in different directions. Oh, no, man. What, what, what happened was you put five swords in your mouth <laughs> and down your throat. That's, that, was the, that was the poor decision that was made. Well, he's getting paid a lot of money for this, man. As long as they don't scissor out, yeah. no problem. But they happen to scissor out. Yeah. Well, he, he does have a GoFundMe, though. He's doing well with it? Uh, I saw last, what, $4,000? Yeah. He needs more than that. It's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Apparently Obamacare didn't come through in the clutch. Well, he, I think he's keeping a pretty decent attitude Yeah, from what I read anyway. Because he said, good news is I quit smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Lost over 50 pounds. Wow. Because it scissored out in his abdominal cavity oh, gosh. and pierced the lobe of his liver. But it said the injuries weren't life-threatening. Really? Five swords, they scissor out inside you, but that's not life-threatening? Yeah. That just sounds horrible. When he was in the hospital, uh, said he he couldn't eat for a month. Yeah. I mean, I can relate. I've had Taco Bell as well. (laughs) See, that's not even fair, is it? (laughs) Oh, boy. There's other news out there. Joe Rogan seems to be wanting to tick off everybody lately. Yeah. It's like, you know, they were trying to cancel him for a while, and then you didn't hear anything about Joe Rogan for months. No, you didn't. And then it seems like in the last couple of weeks, it's like one story after another one. And what he's done just recently, he's slamming professors who defend unhealthy lifestyles. Yeah. Did you see this? I, I, I saw a blurb about it, yeah, because there there's this new movement that Instead of saying, don't shame people for being overweight, actually celebrate people for being not just overweight, but morbidly obese. We should celebrate that. And that's yes. deeply unhealthy. And I say that as a moved American. So I'm, I'm talking to family, okay? I can tell you. If, <laughs> You're talking to your own I'm, community? I'm talking is that, to my is own that community, your okay? Right I, I'm just telling you guys... It's not healthy. Yes, we are at an increased risk for all sorts of things, from cancer to heart disease to diabetes. There's a lot of things that are unhealthy <clears throat> about being overweight or obese. And I, I, for one, am sickened by 
people in the, the, the fashion industry. There are magazines that are celebrating morbidly obese people as being healthy and whatnot. I'm sickened by it because it's just not true. You're lying to people. Well, part of the document they had listed these reasons why counting calories can be harmful. How can it be? How is it harmful? <laughs> you almost swore. <laughs> I did. I saw it. You were very close. You edited it. You know, very I, good. I, I, I just how go- the Yeah. Well, it diverts your attention away from eating what pleases you. No, well, I'm sorry, but yes, it pleases me to have jelly donuts. But I also know that it's going to make me fatter and 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 potentially make me sicker moving forward. Number two, there's four of them. Number two, it prevents intuitive eating. Well, if you're morbidly obese, then your intuition sucks. <laughs> yes. I think you could honestly say right now, you're here to help, not to hurt. I am. Again, I'm talking to family as a moved American. (laughs) Three, it gives a false impression that certain foods are, quote, unhealthy because of the number of calories. Certain foods are unhealthy because of the number of calories. (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, And fourth, it can be triggering for those with disordered eating habits or eating disorder. Well, then get the help you need. Get help. Yeah, I mean, saying that having uh, two pints of vodka every night is bad is very triggering to people who are alcoholics. Yeah, I'm triggered, man. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. I can't what, drink anymore. What? Just because it's got a lot of alcohol content in it and it's going to kill me someday? You're telling me, are you shaming me for wanting to drink two pints of, of, of vodka every night? It triggered me and made me feel bad. <laughs> you so need to be ro- triggered. The reason Rogan got in hot water is what he said after that was prevented or presented and said, F off. You could say that. Fat professors, F off, you guys are unhealthy. It's not in any way good. Yeah. I just go back to the story I shared a few months ago about one of my neighbors, and we cross paths when I'm walking the dog. And when I first saw her, she was using a walker, a very morbidly obese woman. And uh, she was using a walker, and she was down to a cane, and I'm pleased to announce that now she is cane-free. Awesome. Because she's been losing weight. And the reason she started losing weight was because at the beginning of the pandemic, she went to the doctor for a normal checkup, and the doctor said, this was before everything started to shut down, but people were worried about COVID, and said, hey, from what we can tell, if you get COVID, you're going to die. Just straight up told her that. Right. And so she said, Oh, crap. It's like the truth can hurt. The truth can be scary. But the truth can also save your life. Well, you know what happens if you do that in California? What's that? You lose your medical license. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes, you want to tell the truth. Sometimes you need to hear brutal truth. That's part of life. Okay, much more to get to. Oh, dude, there's a story of a school principal accused of crimes against children. The ending of this is, is crazy. Straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins is off today. He will be back tomorrow. I mentioned the story about a principal in California 
um, accused of crimes against kids. Um, but, man, it's going to take more than a couple of minutes to lay that out. Mm-hmm. We'll do that at another time. It, and it's a horrible ending to this story because he committed suicide. But what he's saying about it. Anyway, there was an update on something else. Um, <laughs> someone was marginalized for a while yeah. and had to prove the naysayers wrong. I don't, I don't know if you knew this, but... Uh... Uh, apparently, before Hunger Games, there was no strong female lead in an action movie. That, that's according to one Jennifer Lawrence, star of the Hunger Games franchise, doing an interview uh, saying, well, I'll just play some of the audio here. I remember when I was doing Hunger Games, nobody had ever put a woman in the lead of an action movie yeah. because it wouldn't work. We were told girls and boys can both identify with a male lead. But boys cannot identify with a female lead. Yeah, that 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 is just not true. I mean, the Alien franchise, Sigourney Weaver, Laura Croft, Laura Croft, two thousand one was it? Not Angelina only a video Jolie. game, but but then the movie with Angelina Jolie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Not to mention the Terminator franchise. Oh My goodness. Yeah. Okay. So with those other examples, there was a Charlie's Angels action movie, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. There were a couple of them before Hunger Games. And Hunger Games as a book was a phenomenon. I remember that. I remember being told, you got to read this. And I did read it. And But I'm a pioneer. But, but a... <laughs> I'm owed a debt of gratitude <laughs> what? for what? the Wonder Woman's out there. And you just, you just have and the, the Captain Marvel's that you owe a debt to me. <laughs> Yeah. This, dude. You're one of the biggest actresses on the planet, and you still find a way to be a victim. The, the, it, dude, it's so Hollywood. It's so left. You constantly have to be a victim. And applauded and celebrated. <laughs> I want to see Angelina Jolie say, you don't think I'm an action here? Right. Boom! Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today. He will be back tomorrow. Herschel Walker lost to Raphael Warnock Uh in the runoff race for Senate in Georgia. Obviously, a lot of conservatives very disappointed. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think surprised going into last night. No, there was that general. There's been the general feeling for like a month. Like, okay, this this is pretty much cooked. Yes, and, you know, we've talked about it before. Republicans got to figure out how to win races in the end. You can blame Herschel Walker. You can blame Trump. You can blame McConnell. You can blame the RNC, um, lack of strategy, money, ground game, whatever. You got to find out how to win elections. Because when it comes to just the issues and you look at the polling, people prefer more uh, conservative Stances on the issues that are important to them. Oh yeah, I mean you, you look, and at, it's not close. Well, and you look at at 
the analysis of, of how Americans as in general voted in the midterms. I know Democrats did better than a lot of us thought they would do, but I, I think it was even the failing New York Times put out their little infographic that, that shows in pretty much every area in the United States, mm-hmm. voters went to the right. They shifted to the right, but there were key races that Republicans just didn't uh, didn't put in the effort, didn't have the right candidate, whatever it may have been, key races that just failed. And I think one of the things is the difference between, or one of the things we really see is the difference between national Republicans and state-level Republicans. Because when you have a place like Texas, when you have a place like Florida, where it's just, Republicans are going to clean up. And even Georgia, outside of the Senate race, that's true. And and part of it was because they had people there who weren't, you know, clowns. They didn't run clown campaigns. They said, here's what we believe in. Here's what we're going to do for you. Let's roll. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are, at this point, burned out by all of it. Yeah. I'm thinking, all right, let's get to Christmas. Let's, you know, re-engage at the beginning of next year. But it is interesting to me that even after winning... You have people on the left and even Raphael Warnock himself saying, hey, just because just I won, don't think there's not still voter suppression <laughs> right, of course, they... from the racist GOP. <laughs> and speaking of racist, isn't this what Van Jones said pretty racist? Well, yeah, media is making this all about race because apparently Herschel Walker isn't the right kind of black guy. This is CNN's Van Jones. Okay. Herschel Walker used to mean inspiration. Now it means insult. He's an insult to the black community. And what you may see tonight is people coming out not just to vote uh, in favor of a senator that they love, but just to vote against Donald Trump picking somebody like this and throwing this person at the voters in Georgia. Like, well, you'll just pick anybody who's black. Uh, uh, It's obvious that Trump, uh, uh, he was a little bit too clever by half. Mm -hmm. I know. I'm going to put a black guy against right. a black guy, but the guy that he picked was the wrong black guy. So you think and, uh, it's insulting? I think, you it's, think insulting. it's absolutely it, insulting. It's, no, I think what he said is pretty insulting because I know that Donald Trump did not pick Herschel Walker or get behind Herschel Walker in the primary because he was black. He he did it because he thought the star power would work, and they've had a relationship for years. Yes, they have. It was his friend. Going back to the USFL. <laughs> I mean, that, that's really it. Wow. The thing is, (laughs) that might have a little more weight, I still think it's BS, if they didn't take any black conservative and basically have the same take. Not like, you know, we see it just completely different. The left will take, well, look at what they did to Larry Elder. Oh, yeah. Um, They've done it with Clarence Thomas. Um, John McCorder. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Brandon Tatum, uh, Thomas Sowell. They did it with the Attorney General of Kentucky after the uh, uh, decision to not prosecute the officers who were involved in the botched raid of uh, Breonna Taylor. They said he was uh, skin folk but not kin folk, is what one analyst on CNN said. Right. And when you do see black Americans win races and you think, oh, this should be celebrated, they're not. No. Like in Virginia. Yeah. Winsome Sears wins. And what an incredible story she is. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, you talk about inspirational to anybody. Nope. Nope. She's not, in that case, she's no. not the right kind of black person. Yeah. 
Because her thoughts are different than ours. Yeah, it, it is stunning to me to hear the, because there's a whole lot of anal- or analysts out there who are saying, oh, yeah, he was just a disgrace to black people, Herschel Walker was, all this kind of stuff. It makes a lot more sense to me when you remember that liberals right now at the national level, first and foremost is identity, not personality, not record, yep. not ideas. It is identity. I mean, you think about the number of people that Joe Biden himself has picked for various positions solely based on their sexual orientation or the color of their skin. I mean, criteria number one for the Supreme Court vacancy being filled was a black woman, period. That was the most important thing for Joe Biden. Yes. And the left celebrated it. So no wonder they have these incredibly racialized ideas about politics because they're projecting their own sensibilities onto everybody else. This is the same as far as his pick for vice president. Yeah. And he was also threatened by the party. Yeah. That it better be a black female. It's crazy all the way around. I mentioned earlier there was a story about a school principal that was accused of crimes against children. And this is tragic, man. Jump to his death at Disneyland. Whoa. Yeah, dude. This is heavy. But suicides are up across the country. Yeah. And it's incredibly sad. I don't have to go into why it's sad for crying out loud. But this particular story, and I saw this at Daily Wire, said this guy, 51 years old, Christopher Christensen, served as the principal of Huntington Beach Elementary School for 22 years. And he was scheduled to appear in court this week for a pretrial hearing for child endangerment and battery charges, both misdemeanors. Okay. And the New York Post reported that this guy he was the son of famed Disney theme parks music director Jim Christensen, who had passed away a couple of years ago at the age of 84. I have no idea. That's why he chose Disneyland. Hmm. Uh, to take his life, don't know. But he explained in this note what allegedly happened that led to the charges and how the charges led to his decision then to take his life. He said in the statement, I hate when people leave this earth with so many unanswered questions. Most of you don't know this, but you talked about his wife, Marlena. We were privately married three and a half years ago. But apparently most people didn't know that. Okay. Said Marlene and I love and adore each other, and our relationship has been amazing up until recently. Unfortunately, two weeks ago, she and I got into a heated argument and at home in front of the girls. A couple of daughters. Tempers were flared and strong words were exchanged between us. However, never in this exchange did I hit, slap, or hurt Marlena in any manner. Nor did I ever touch the girls. I never have and never will. I love the girls like my own, and they know that as does everybody else who truly knows me. Unfortunately, Marlena's anger got the best of her that night, and she called the police, which landed me in jail that night. Yes, me. A man who has never hit or harmed anyone in his life. I think it's safe to say that Marlena truly regrets making that call because the events of that night have completely unraveled both of our lives. And then he goes on. I am on the brink of losing my job, and I am out on administrative leave until my case is resolved. However, the legal system is extremely flawed, especially against men and fathers. It's sickening how quickly and easily an innocent man can be thrown in jail based on zero evidence or proof. 
And he said that he saw messages that his wife sent to one of her friends in which she allegedly said um, she had no intention on having that night come this far. He goes on to say she knows I would never hurt her or the girls, and she too has been trying to clear my name with little success. Again, the legal system is deeply flawed, to say the least. So here I am writing my final Facebook post to you all. I need you all to know that a gentle, kind, loving, and sincerely good man has been destroyed by one unfortunate night. It really is unfortunate. This is not me. This is not something I ever thought would happen to me. With all of this said, I have truly loved educating and leading thousands of students and families as principal um, at that school for the past 21 plus years. Please be kind to one another. Treat each other with kindness and grace. There's too much anger in the world, and people need to start treating each other better. What I've shared with you above is a prime example of how anger can really have long-lasting and extremely damaging effects on a person's life. Again, tragic. The end of this. And you're left with what happened. And... There are just so many things that don't make sense if she's trying to help you clear your name. Yeah. Then don't take your life. Yeah, well, I mean, don't do it anyway, but... It, right. Yeah, I don't know. I would never... He says that he would never hurt them, and then he kills himself, which I imagine caused a lot of pain, and is still causing a lot of pain. And will. Because um, he is kind of blaming her for him killing himself yeah saying well if you hadn't called the cops i wouldn't have gotten to this point i there has to be something more to this that's there has to be something worse coming out because it's not just the fear of losing a job or or whatever i know that the the legal system can be really hard and if you are falsely accused it's even more maddening i and i i can i can appreciate that yep uh especially if you're if the backdrop is watching people who habitually shoplift and carjack people getting let out on the street and whatnot, and you have an argument with your wife and you go to jail, um, I get that that can be frustrating, but that none of that really makes sense, and that that really does just. My honest opinion is that that's really pathetic, what this guy did. And you hate to say that. I do. I, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean. Because there are, you know, mental health professionals who say, well, you yes. shouldn't do that and all that. It's like, no, I, but I'm just speaking from the heart. That's freaking pathetic. If you say that you love somebody and then you blame them for your legal troubles and then kill yourself, that is doing irreparable harm to other people. And I, I suspect that deep down that was the purpose of it. And so I think that's pathetic. Yeah, it's just crazy to me. So that was out there. Probably glad we did that story without Robbins here today. He'll be back tomorrow. He'd be like, oh, my God, you're talking about, why why did we do that? It's just one of those stories, man. I don't know if you saw this. This is also going around online. A woman posts her ex's itemized spreadsheet of shared expenses. What's wrong with that? (laughs) See, that's the thing. What's wrong with having an itemized spreadsheet of your See, this is the thing. You said that you wanted to split expenses, so I just made it this this is clear. But he is being shamed all over the place because she is sharing this, and she's so happy that it's over with him. And I... uh, Part of me is like, well, I think he was just trying to make it simple. You you wanted to share in the expenses. Yeah. That's how he went about doing it. I know it's not romantic. 
But it's like, what do you want out of the guy? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he did it in a jerky way. I'm not quite sure. But, you know, it's, it's just stuff like this all the time. Trying to stick to a budget here. Yeah, that's called a budget. All right. You know, Walmart is saying uh, we might have to close stores and hike prices because of shoplifting. The left says shoplifting. What's that? What? We'll get to that much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So Walmart uh, could close some stores and hike prices because there's been so much shoplifting. Oh, no. Shoplifting is a myth, right? I've heard that. Shoplifting isn't really happening. Crime is down, Jamie. That's what liberals keep telling me. Where? I I don't know. (laughs) Not in liberal-run cities. That's what I just keep... Texas is more dangerous than California. Okay. Well, the CEO of Walmart was on CNBC saying, yeah, yeah, shoplifting is higher than what it's historically been. And, yeah, I mean, we may have to close stores and, you know, go with the higher prices. Got to do something. Yeah. I mean, you're trying to do the safety measures, put them in place, all of that stuff. But in a lot of these cities, they just let them back out. We had the story earlier today where you got the gas station in Philly that's hired its own security. Oh, yeah. You got, you got dudes out there with tactical shotguns and whatnot. And a lot of customers seem to like it. Business is up because they know that they're protected. Well, they were showing footage. And this was an NBC story yeah. of people ransacking the convenience store part of it time and time again. People didn't even want to go there. Yeah, Like, it's there's always criminals there. And now there's not. So it's like, yeah, I feel I feel very much protected when I get my gas. Mm-hmm. And going to get whatever, a cup of coffee or anything else. Did see this with Elon Musk. I think we could do eight Elon Musk stories a day. Uh, probably. If we wanted to. Um, okay. So, you know, the Biden administration is looking into his other company, Neuralink. Now, San Francisco, the city, is investigating the Twitter offices because they're putting beds in there now. So people get tired. They can sleep there because he wants... <laughs> Good work ethic. Right. They're like, well, it's not what that's built for. People sleeping at work? Is it safe? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the, what, supervising senior editor, this story, talking about we need to make sure the building is being used as it in, intended. Elon Musk responds, so the city of San Francisco attacks companies providing beds for tired employees instead of making sure kids are safe from fentanyl? Where are your priorities, London Breed, talking to the mayor? Well, dude, and and not to mention, there have been a lot of reports over the years, and they've picked up steam about literal human waste on the streets of San Francisco because of the homeless crisis. Yes. like People are pooping in the streets. I I don't think beds at Twitter HQ should be a top priority. No. And his response also included a link to a news article From the San Francisco Chronicle about a 10-month-old baby who reportedly overdosed on fentanyl. What? After being exposed to the drug at a public playground. Golly, man. 
want to make sure the beds at Twitter are safe. <laughs> are the rooms being used for what they're designed for? Man. That city's a dump. Yeah. Gosh dang, man. That's crazy. Oh, oh it's something else. Okay. <laughs> well, we don't have the Scott Robbins trifecta, so we're going to try to act like, what would Scott's three stories of the day be? We'll get to that. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. But biggest story of the day, David, would be what? Uh, biggest story of the day in the political world would be that Herschel Walker has lost uh, in his bid to be Georgia's next senator. Uh, Democrat Raphael Warnock is going to, well, he has been reelected. So he will continue to serve the state of Georgia. Yes. Yep. And all the reasons why Herschel Walker lost and what's going to be done about it. Uh, there is all of that to go through. Um, something else. Did you see the mysterious 80-foot structure unearthed by hurricanes? Oh, by dude, Daytona I saw Beach? something about that. Yeah. That is wild, man. We got to get to that. And we'll have some fun trying to figure out what would Robin's top three stories of the day be with the trifecta next. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today. He will be back tomorrow. News update, David Van Camp. Oh, man. I mean, there's no Chewbacca guy here, but a coup is underway right now. This is happening in Peru. President Pedro Castillo has announced the immediate dissolution of Congress and the installation of a government of exception to rule by decree until new legislative elections. See, this guy has been the subject of, uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll just say it's been tumultuous. He's a socialist and, uh, okay. and a criminal. Mm -hmm. uh, six criminal investigations, two failed attempts to impeach him, and then uh, the Congress actually did uh, vote to impeach and convict him. And he said, screw you, Congress. You don't exist anymore. Because <laughs> that said so. See, boys and girls, that, that's how a coup functions. That's how a coup works. You say, you know what? I'm not listening to you and your stupid Congress. And that's it. It doesn't involve Chewbacca guys and <laughs> overweight people wearing MAGA shirts and yeah. whatnot. It, it, right. It, it, it involves somebody getting in front of a camera and a microphone and saying, the rule of law has been suspended. I am president until we can figure out how to install a new government. Side story. Whenever the QAnon shaman, Chewbacca guy, yeah. does get out of jail, there's got to be a book written. What was your intent that day, dude? Seriously. Right. You seem pretty high. Yeah! That would be a fascinating story. I don't know where this will go, but apparently the... Uh, the armed forces in Peru have turned against him, or leadership has turned against him. So I don't know if he'll be able to actually pull this off, but it, it, he is doing a coup right now. Yeah, you need the people with the weapons on your side. Yeah, it's you, generally you do, yeah. That's why I still think most people in America don't take it serious when people say... This they, was an all-out attempted coup. Yeah, they don't take that serious. It's kind of hard to do that. 
Armed with what? A Viking hat? <laughs> and then when people just kind of wander away, most of the time when I'm no coup expert, but whenever I've read about coups, generally people don't just kind of wander off and go to Olive Garden. Right. It's sort of like they're, they're going like to fight. Like a retired guy, his wife, and they snap a selfie <laughs> right. inside, and then they just kind of walk away. Yeah. Hey, you're going to have to work for this coup. Yeah. No, we're hungry. We're going to Olive Garden. We're going to Olive Garden. <laughs> kidding me? If the Special line's too tonight. long, we'll go to Golden Corral. Got that right. Okay. Uh, oh, right now is usually when we'd have the Scott Robbins trifecta. I don't even feel like playing the open because it's not a true trifecta yeah. without Scott here. Um, as a matter of fact, I don't even think Casey wants to participate if Scott's not here. Is that true? Yes. Okay. No problem. <laughs> All right. Uh, tomorrow then? Is that cool? Got you. All right, come on. He'll be back. <laughs> Got it. Um, but I was trying to figure out in my head, okay, if he were here, what would Robbins think was one of the most important stories of the day? Yeah. And one was, I thought, the fact that the CDC still has so many people working remotely. As of October, of the CDC's 12,892 full-time employees, 78% of the full-time workforce were allowed to work remotely all or part of the time. Wow. Did you know that? I did not know that. But I'm also not surprised. Okay. I thought they were trying to do a reset. Remember? Walensky saying, you know, we lost some trust and we, you know, we've got to turn this thing around. Yeah. So it's not, hey, we've got to learn to live with this. We've got to get back to work. It's, no, okay, well, if you want to work remotely, okay, go ahead and do it. It's not exactly the shining example, yeah. I think, that a lot of people would think if it was the CDC. So I could see that driving Robbins a little nuts. Um, I did also see, because he's been on the uh, Harry and Meghan story quite a bit, as far as the Royals oh, yeah. and their Netflix special and all of that. Um, so he brought up yesterday, if you remember, hey, they're showing all this footage, and it's like a lie. Okay, it's not. It's so deceptive. It was from different frames of time than what they're actually projecting out there. Yeah. Okay, and so the latest on that from the New York Post uh was people that work around Harry and Meghan saying, hey, you just use stock images to tell a story. It's not meant to be literal in the trailer. <laughs> okay, that's just standard <laughs> practice Okay, in documentary and trailer production. Right. Okay, so lay off the Duke and Duchess yeah. of Sussex. You are, they are fake news then. Yeah, it's, it's, and they, they don't even know what goes into the trailer. Mm -hmm. Do you mean something like that? They can put out a trailer and not say, hey, we need your approval on this? Maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, not quite sure. Um, so there was that that I thought Robbins would, would oh, definitely be on. I know one that's definitely going to be coming back. What's that? Tomorrow. Because I can't wait to hear what Robbins has to say about this. But um, it's Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, doing yeah. Doing an interview. And talking about how she was a pioneer when it comes to women in action films because of the Hunger Games. Which makes absolutely no sense because there have been plenty of female action stars in the decades before the Hunger Games 
was made into a movie. But she thinks it's because of her. Yes. If you enjoyed Captain Marvel, it's because of the work that Jennifer Lawrence did. Okay, so you have expanded audio here. Should I just roll this? Yeah, just roll it. Okay. I remember when I was doing Hunger Games, nobody had ever put a woman in the lead of an action movie because it wouldn't work. Time out. Yeah. You have several examples. Uh, Pam Greer, going back to the 70s. Yeah, that's true. If you want more mainstream cinema, uh, I don't know, 1986, there was a little movie called Aliens that came out starring one Sigourney Weaver, Mm -hmm. and people loved it. It was one of the highest grossing films of the year, not to mention, I don't know, Terminator. I know that technically you could say that the female lead there was not the action star in the first movie, but Terminator 2, yeah, she was. And then the subsequent spinoffs and... Uh, TV shows and whatnot. I mean, this was a big deal. Yeah, but they put his picture on the cover. It wasn't Linda <laughs> Hamilton. Okay. okay. Uh, Lucy Liu. That's the f- one of the first I thought of. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones was in a big, uh, uh, big action. I mean, dude, there are countless examples of this. The other one, though, that if you said, well... Yeah, but not not really the lead like I was in Hunger Games. And then I'm thinking Angelina Jolie. Yeah, Tomb Raider. Laura Croft. Laura Croft. There, there were Those two did movies. well, didn't they? Yes, they did very well. But she paved the way. All right, roll more audio. We were told girls and boys can both identify with a male lead, but yeah. boys cannot identify with a female lead. Oh, like, absolutely. And it just... <laughs> makes me so happy every single time I see a movie come out that just blows through every single one of those beliefs and proves that it is just a lie to keep certain people. Hold on. Hold on a second. I just thought of another one. Yeah. Kill Bill? Uma Thurman. Yeah. That was before Hunger Games. Yes, it was. She kicks ass in those movies. Yeah, and that's the thing where, where, where they say that, uh, you know, audiences don't identify with, a, or I'm sorry, that, that boys and girls might identify with a male lead in an action movie, and a, a, but won't for a female lead. That's fundamentally not true. It's not um, true. There, and actually, industry people will say that that's actually not true. You can have this long and academic discussion about gender roles in cinema if you want to, uh, but in terms of action... People love well-made action movies with kick-ass female leads. They love them. Yes. Totally agree. But if the rest of the movie's no good, they're not just going to pander to you and say, oh, she was great. Well, that's why the whole, like, backlash against Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel was was so eye-roll-inducing. And it was because, well, you you just didn't really, you didn't craft good characters, though, in those movies. I thought the first Wonder Woman was great. Really enjoyed it. Didn't like the second one so much. It was just a bad movie. And Captain Marvel just didn't do anything for me. Yeah. No, I thought the first Wonder Woman, though. I mean, I saw it at the theater. I'm like, man, this is really good. All right, there's more Jennifer Lawrence. Go ahead. To keep certain people out of the movies, to keep certain people in the same positions that they've always been in. And it's just amazing. You're such a pioneer and a victim at the same time. Goodness gracious. Okay. Yeah, save that for tomorrow. There'll be an update. I can't wait to hear Robbins on that. That's like the dudes from Oasis sitting there saying, nobody knew what rock and roll was (laughs) until we came out.
But at least then it's endearing because you know that they're jackasses. <laughs> yes, and it's and it's charming in a way. Yeah. Best band on the planet. That's a fact. <laughs> okay, the other story I mentioned earlier was this mysterious 80-foot structure that was unearthed by the hurricanes in Florida, by Daytona. And so and you said you saw some of the pictures of this, David. Yeah. Archaeologists who studied this discovery believe it is a cargo ship from the 1800s. Wow. Because the erosion that's happened, they said locally there was unprecedented. Uh, the beach safety deputy chief there said, we haven't seen this kind of erosion in a very long time. I've been on this beach 25 years, and that's the first time I've seen it exposed like this. And so from both of the hurricanes, all of a sudden you have this ship that's been sunk there since they think the 1800s, but it was buried by maybe five feet of sand. Yeah. And the researchers think the potential merchant ship was traveling along the coast before it was sunk by a storm. They also said the remains are extremely fragile and strongly warned against messing with the site. Mm -hmm. And if you remove anything from the area, it's a third-degree felony because it's considered an archaeological site. Wow. And so I'm thinking to myself, knowing different people over time that put a lot of money into treasure hunting. Mm -hmm. And knowing where different ships they thought were sunk. And then doing the dive, and it's not there. And they're going back over coordinates and everything else. And I'm not saying the ship was one of those. But is it possible that anyone has been searching for some sort of ship that's buried by five feet of sand and just never known? I know. I, I, I have no a, idea. Or maybe they have tools for that. I, I, I smell a Nicolas Cage movie coming on. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's like his yes! great-great-grandfather's uh, uh, shipping vessel, and, and his family line has been for two centuries looking for this lost boat. And he finally found it, except some beachcomber in Florida took part of the mast now to make a coffee table out of yes and then what hollywood will do will insist on making him into a trans character so <laughs> no one goes and then they can gripe and moan that people are trans oh, oh i i promise you if they make nicholas cage a trans character in a pirate movie people will go see it they will absolutely go see that movie <laughs> i don't know man I don't know. What kind of accent is he going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Only time will tell. Okay. We still got another news update to get to. And Nimrod's in the news. Um, you shouldn't drive with a bunch of snow on your windshield. That's, that's not something yeah, you should idea. do. We'll get to that coming up. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today, back tomorrow. Speaking of Robbins, you know, his trifecta runs uh, just like five minutes ago. He's not here today, so we're trying to guess what he'd be talking about. And we mentioned the Prince Harry and Meghan Markle story. There was yeah. another update, apparently, that I missed. Oh, yeah? They're like, oh, you know what Robbins is going to be talking about? 
you know, they were given an award for their heroic stance against structural racism of the monarchy. <laughs> like, you got, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were awarded the Robert F. Kennedy Ripple of Hope Award. I'm like, is this a real story? It is. For their work on exposing, quote, structural racism <clears throat> in the British royal family. So, so she... Tells a story to Oprah about how one of the what was it Philip or whoever I don't I don't know their names the guy who was on his deathbed tells the story that like he was really worried about what color their child would be oh yeah yeah and then they walk it back yes after he died yeah a, a dying man one of the last things he heard was his one of the wife of one of his relatives. Mm-hmm. Saying that he was worried about the color of the skin of their baby. Yeah. And then walked it back after he was dead. That will get you the Ripple of Hope Award. Because <laughs> they attended the award ceremony in Manhattan last night, of just ahead of their docuseries, Harry and Meghan. But but please, everybody, respect their privacy. Yes. They, they just want to live like normal people. Oh, my goodness, okay? man. Yes. And did you have another update before our Nimrods? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Kareem Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, was asked today. We don't have time to run through the entire audio because all of the uh, ums, uh, 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 <laughs> if the Justice Department was going to drop its lawsuit against Georgia over the voting law. Because obviously you had a record turnout right. in this midterm election and then another record turnout for a runoff. Obviously, yes. voter suppression didn't happen. Right. Well, I can't speak to the Justice Department, she says, but we know voter suppression happened. They're Based just, on what? They're, the record number of people that voted? Well, they feel emboldened because part of the reason they won was off of that lie. So they got to keep the lie going. Oh my gosh, man. All right. Let's get to Nimrods. Jeez. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. We start in the state of Washington. Dude pulled over on Sunday. Officers received calls. Hey, this car's driving erratically down the highway all over the place. And there's snow completely covering the windshield. There's like this tiny square. <laughs> left part of the windshield barely see out of it yeah and it was very small portion driver's uh side corner there um it, it took five miles to pull the guy over he can't see anything <laughs> <laughs> the ticket for that by the way 553 dollars yeah. and then in florida 30 year old cop from chicago was down vacationing beachside bar started whizzing in an ice machine like, hey you're whizzing you're you're hammered what are you going to do about it? Cops come, resist arrest. He's arrested. Yeah. And that's Nimrod's in the news.